All right, so this is episode three of the Down Syndrome Prenatal Testing Podcast. This is your host, Mark Leach, talking, and I appreciate you tuning in. I'm recording this podcast on Mother's Day, and given uh, the holiday, it's got my mind thinking about being a mother and becoming a mother to a child with Down Syndrome. Given the focus of this blog, I'll try to tie that into how most women now, if not many, I guess, are finding out prenatally. So let's turn to that subject about being a mom. At the same time, (laughs) as I begin this, I do uh, make myself laugh, thinking that this is a bit like Bill Burr's joke about a man talking about what it's like being pregnant in third trimester. So admitting that limitation, because instead of being a mom, I'm a father to a child with Down syndrome, let's go forth with the subject of being a mom and the issues of Down syndrome and prenatal testing and how they intertwine. In thinking about this subject, it got me thinking about our own experience, obviously, and oddly, something that the geneticist thought was something that needed to be said at 8 a.m. the morning after my daughter was born. Um, Perhaps in other podcasts I've shared our uh, diagnosis delivery story, but we we received we had several different versions of that story as most parents do because in today's healthcare environment you're not spoken to by just your doctor quote unquote your doctor you're spoken to by any number of people that are part of the healthcare team the OB the neonatal nurse the pediatrician and all three of those folks uh, delivered the news to us in one way or another some of varying levels of um, satisfaction and and how they delivered it, and some that didn't satisfy us very much. Well, the geneticist falls into the latter category, because he woke us up, which if you've been through a 10-hour labor that began at midnight on a Sunday night and ends that following Monday morning, and you're getting up regularly anyways to feed your newborn child, and you're dealing with what in our situation was an unexpected um, diagnosis because we did not have a prenatal um, test result. Well, sleep is at a premium. So we're already exhausted, bleary-eyed, and then he wakes us up. Um, I'm sleeping in like a pull-out, uncomfortable, not even couch, sofa bed thing. It's just sort of a chair. And... um, our do- my daughter's mother was in the bed next in the hospital bed next to me, and so he comes in and he's standing there in his um, white lab coat, and he sort of mumbles some things. He has a mustache that he's speaking through, and he says, "Yes, um, I see here in the chart that you gave birth to Juliet, and um, it's suspected that she has uh, Down syndrome." Or sending the blood sample away to be karyotyped, and we should get those results back within two weeks or so. Um, You know, um, this is something that most often is caused because of the mother. And then from that point on, I can't remember what else he said, because if I hadn't been so tired, I would have jumped up and punched the dude. Why is he saying that to us um, the morning after our daughter is born, when we're still trying to come to terms with what it means to have a child with at that time um, we most associated the condition with the term disability Uh, it wouldn't be only now that she's about turning 14 over the years and hours that we've been spending with her that you know down syndrome sort of fades a little bit it's not the primary thing 
uh, you begin to understand and appreciate your child as a whole child. But at the very beginning, it reduces your child down to the diagnosis. And so we're muddling through that. And I just figured, why in the heck would he say that? You know, how is that relevant at all? And of course, at that time, it's not, nor should it be. But I start this off because uh, on this odd subject where I, even I am saying, I don't know why you would begin by saying this, is because um, it ties into something that I think is fairly miraculous, if you want to really think about it, which is this, that um, in a very real way, the geneticist is correct, that, um, you know, it, there's a reason that the likelihood of Down syndrome correlates to the age of the mother, and the mother, um, as she ages, increases the chance that she may have a child that's affected with what's called an aneuploidy. That's the scientific term for a condition involving extra or missing chromosomes. In the case of Down syndrome, it's the extra 21st chromosome. But why I say it's miraculous is to say, uh, it's first of all, it shouldn't be seen as blame, and, and mothers listening to this should not feel quote-unquote at fault um, for if they have a child with Down syndrome. Because first of all, you don't know if it came from your egg or from the father's uh, sperm cell. Because there are also studies that have been published in the last 10 years that show that the age of a man having a child with Down syndrome correlates to age as well, as particularly once he gets over 40. But here's the difference thing about um, the male part of the reproductive cycle and the female part. Um, as far as I understand it, and um, those who have listened in before and read my blog know that I'm not a doctor, I'm not a geneticist, I'm not a genetic counselor, I'm not medically trained, I'm a lawyer and a bioethicist, but I've just read a lot in this area. But as far as I understand it, um, as it's been explained to me, that you know, a, a woman's eggs are the eggs that um, she has at the moment she's born. If anything, I, I think actually they're formed prenatally as the child is being formed in the womb. So if you think of it that all the eggs that a, that a woman is going to have in her lifetime have, are formed, she has them, and just to think of the sheer randomness that of all of those eggs that have been with her since before she was even born, there's an egg that gets fertilized and it happens to have an extra 21st chromosome. Um, I write about this in a blog post called Singamy, um, which I don't have the word in front of me, so I can't spell it, but I'll link to it in the uh, blog post. Um, that was a notion that was explained to me at a, I forget what conference I was at, but a physician, I don't know if he was an embryologist or an OBGYN or a geneticist, but he spoke about this miraculous moment of Singamy, which is when the sperm and egg come together and fertilized, and then Right then and there, that conception creates all of the genetic code that that person is going to have, uh, absent some epigenetic uh, occurrence such that you know it affects maybe cancers for cells. But I'm talking about just the basic genetic code of the individual. It happens right there in that instant. And you just think, that's why I keep using the term miraculous, because just the sheer odds are so small that you're going to have out of the any number of eggs that a, that a woman has in her ovaries, it's the one egg that may have an extra chromosome, or it's out of the millions of sperm that are let forth from the man, it is one of them that has the extra 21st chromosome, or in some cases it happens, I believe, at the time of when um, the egg begins to split, uh, particularly in the case of mosaicism that, that happens. But just 
the odds that all of that pairs up and matches up and then you you make any of us, much less somebody that has Down syndrome, is, is the true miracle of life. Um, but then think, thinking even more about the rarity of these conditions, you know, it's rare to have a child with Down syndrome. Down syndrome is still a very rare condition. Um, and so then the egg gets fertilized and that's the child that has the extra uh, 21st chromosome. Looking back on those geneticists' rude remarks, ill-timed at least, um, I, I didn't have that uh, appreciation for that miracle, for those odds of how out of all of the um, variables that could have happened, they all lined up and then they, uh, and my daughter Juliet was created and formed. I also, since um, that time, have often joked about, um, I hope it's the case that my daughter got um, some extra genetic material from her mother than from me because her mother is far sweeter than I ever am or genetically inclined to be and it must in, uh, explain why Juliet is such a very sweet little girl as she is. But there's also another part about being a mother uh, in this very beginning stage at the very start of the conception um, that is also part of the, what I will continue to use the miracle of life which is that um, there's a theory as to why uh, the chance of having a child with Down syndrome increases with the age of the mother, not only because, for whatever reason, that is when um, those eggs become fertilized or are released to become fertilized, but also, um, you know, another sad fact about um, knowing prenatally uh, that you have a child with Down syndrome is that you are at an, then an increased chance for a natural miscarriage. Um, at another post on my blog, I go through how about 50% of all uh, fetuses that have an aneuploidy naturally miscarry in the first trimester, and then I believe it's a like a 30% in the second trimester, and I did the math on the blog post, and what it works out to is, is that any fetus with Down syndrome has about a 70% chance of being naturally miscarried. So think of those odds that are so stacked against that moment, from the moment of syngamy, from the moment that the egg is fertilized and the genetic code of that individual is created, seven out of ten of those eggs would naturally miscarry. And unfortunately, that is a common occurrence for especially expectant women who know that they have a prenatal test result for Down syndrome. Uh, then they know that they're at an increased chance for miscarriage, and sadly it happens um, at that increased chance. But if you think about it from the other uh, way for those children that are not naturally miscarried and for those children that are born, just the odds that that egg would be the egg that would be released or that that sperm out of the millions that had the extra chromosome, those are the ones that matched up, that then it was fertilized, that it didn't, 7 out of 10 uh, will not make it to birth. So these uh, children that are born with Down syndrome are incredibly beating the odds. And one of the theories, and I can't remember if it was in an article or in a book chapter, but I remember reading a theory that one of the reasons why children are born with uh, Down syndrome to um, mothers at a more advanced age, they theorize that there's this natural biological reaction to the older mother's body that at that time, uh, the body understands that this may be the last pregnancy that they have. And so, 
I believe it was an enzyme or perhaps a hormone that was secreted at a higher level in these older moms' pregnancies that is associated with retaining and avoiding miscarriage. So, um, you know, even before Juliet was born and even before I got working in this area, I remember people talking about Down syndrome being affiliated with, oh, that's, a, that's for older mothers. And since being born into this community, I can't tell you the number of moms that were in their 20s that shared that um, experience of people being shocked because people will flat out say to them, including trained medical providers, that, oh, I wouldn't have thought that... Uh, Pardon me for the harshness, but this is how it, these discussions happen, which is I wouldn't have thought that kind of child would be born to somebody so young. That's usually an old person's uh, kid is how they say it. And, you know, don't get mad at me for how harsh that language is. Get mad at the ignorant people that both think that and then think, hey, I should share this with this new mom. Um, and it includes, as I said, I've had moms that have told me their doctors have said those sorts of things to them. It's ridiculous. But to go back to this theme of appreciation for mothers and also just the miracle that life is, when you think about that, that perhaps there is this you know, hard wiring in our systems down to the enzymes and hormones that are secreted to where these children that the odds are against them even being conceived, the odds are against them even making it to birth, but there might be something in our evolutionary development that holds on to these pregnancies so that the children that are born get to be born. At least that's how I think of it, and I don't know how many other people ever do. Uh, I also understand that this may come off as new agey and not as cold and logical as most of my writings and talk, uh, talks do, but when I think about these sorts of issues, I think most people realize how precious and miraculous life is, just the fact that it exists at all. Uh, because, as far as we know, we're the only planet to have life on it. Um, and the sheer vastness of the universe, to, to think that we're the only ones, if we are, then that truly is miraculous. And even if there's still a bunch of planets that are out there it's, that has life on it, that still uh, means how rare life is. And how, as um, Jeff Goldblum's character says in Jurassic Park, life finds a way. Well, that certainly is the case for these lives that are born to with Down syndrome and for these mothers that carry these lives. Now, in turning on to um, the other issues that, are talk that I was thinking about with motherhood and Down syndrome and prenatal testing, I've written about this at uh, several blog posts, but prenatal testing is changing the mother experience of having a child with Down syndrome. For almost all of human history, um, and for surely, the, if you stacked up the number of lives that were born with Down syndrome, um, almost all of those babies were born to mothers who um, did not have a prenatal test result because, basically, science has only uh, progressed since around 1960 when amnio and CVS was developed uh, to even provide for the opportunity to find out prenatally if you're having a child with a genetic condition. So if you think about that, just since 1960, and really it didn't become even um, often used in practice until the 1970s, and then really not until even 1980 when ACOG issued its first recommendation that women of <laughs> their terminology, not mine, advanced maternal age, AMA, which was 35, arbitrarily chosen. I can talk about that later, or it's written on the blog too about that. Um, 
that then women started having prenatal tests to find out prenatally if they had a child with Down syndrome. So for almost all of human history, the experience of having a child with Down syndrome was similar to ours, which is a surprise in the delivery room. Um, But that is changing. That is changing now with the advances in prenatal testing. The the statistics that I'm familiar with are that about 70% of all women have some form of prenatal testing, uh, be it traditional serum screening, nuchal translucency combined, quad screening, or increasingly uh, cell-free DNA screening. And um, then there's there's actually been a decline in the number of women that are having diagnostic testing because of cell-free DNA testing, um, having so few false positives. Relatively speaking, you can always look on the blog at any of the comments uh, where... I link to the calculator, which I think I talked about in one of the previous podcasts, where you can find out that there's still, if you're a woman 30 or under and you get a positive cell-free DNA screening test, odds are is that it's just as likely that it's a false positive as, a, as it is a true positive. And even as you go into your 30s, it still becomes like a 25% or 33% chance that it's a false positive, so you should always check that. All that being said... Um, more and more women than ever are undergoing prenatal testing, and then that means more and more women than ever are finding out prenatally that they're expecting a child with Down syndrome. And then that also means that we should see a change in the next, in this current and in the subsequent generations of children that are born with Down syndrome. A lot of people like to focus on the negative in the sense of the negative being that a lot of these lives are terminated. A lot of these pregnancies are terminated. Um, And that's what you read about, and that's where people want to make the discussion about because it's controversial and for for a variety of reasons. They have their own reasons. It's not where I choose to focus on it, uh, even though I have written a lot about that aspect. And it does greatly concern me about the uh, termination of these lives that I've just explained are beating the odds just to be made and then to be born. And now those odds are even harder to beat because of the increase in prenatal testing and the more often than not choice that a expectant mother makes, which is to terminate. But let's flip that around since we're talking about mothers on Mother's Day and talk about the moms who continue their pregnancy. Since it is the case that more women than ever are having prenatal testing, um, and then that means that more women than ever are finding out prenatally that they are expecting a child with Down syndrome, then that means in all of human history, because up until there was prenatal test, you just found out in the delivery it wasn't ever a choice. This now means with the advances of prenatal testing and the increased uptake uh, and acceptance of prenatal testing by pregnant women, that more than ever in human history, there are moms choosing to give birth to a child with Down syndrome. And I have to believe that that will see a bit of a change, I think, in a positive way in this generation and in subsequent generations. Because for most of us, as I just explained about those that had a postnatal diagnosis, you're surprised and it kind of sets you back a bit. It's not what you're expecting. Most people describe it as a grieving process, grieving for the child that you expected you were going to have and then coming and accepting the child that you have and then loving the child um, for most of us immediately because it's your child. Fortunately, nature builds that into us as well. Um, 
Well, these moms that have found out prenatally have gone through all that before the child's even born. And so when the child, if prenatal testing is being done as it's supposed to be done, which is to simply provide information that women want to find out, then hopefully the practitioners that are offering it and the women that are accepting it and those that are finding out prenatally will then be receiving the care that they deserve, that they should get, that are able to monitor these pregnancies that are an increased risk for miscarriage, so therefore steps and interventions may be done to minimize that risk. Mothers will already be contacting support organizations and therapy uh, providers. And if there's any anatomical challenges that need to be addressed, such as a heart condition, talking to pediatric cardiologists beforehand, before their child even arrives. So that when their child is born, you know, they've been mothering that child already. They were, all mothers are mothering their children when they're pregnant. Um, even the moms that uh, have chosen to terminate, um, there's been studies of those moms, few and far between, but the studies that have been done, all of them consider themselves moms. They don't think of themselves as um, just temporary hosts that then made a decision. No, they consider themselves that they were mothers to these children, and then they made the decision uh, for their reasons. Often those reasons are, in their mind, um, for the benefit of their family, themselves, and the child itself because they perceive the challenges of Down syndrome and the lack of support in society are too great. So these mothers prenatally that are finding out prenatally that are deciding to continue, they will have had a, a true head start on the rest of the mothers for almost all of human history who had the cold bucket of water <laughs> of finding out in the delivery room or soon thereafter that their child has Down syndrome. And I'm excited to see what happens with this next generation because that segues into what I think will be my final topic about moms uh, on this Mother's Day is the incredibly strong and vital role that mothers have played in the Down syndrome community. Um, and you know, I'm using Down syndrome community because I haven't quite figured out um, a better uh, shorthand for it. I've heard some people you know, not like that term. Um, but if the point of language is to communicate so that people understand what you mean, I think everyone understands what I mean by the Down syndrome community. Those of us that have a child or a loved one or work with uh, individuals with Down syndrome. Um, so in this community, by and large, it is the moms that are the driving force for so much that happens that is good for so many other families. What I mean is that if you go to most support organizations, most support organizations that I'm aware of were founded um, because a group of moms got together and wanted to support one another. Um, that it's happened uh, since the advent of Down syndrome support organizations, I believe the National Association of Down Syndrome, which is based in Chicago and is Chicago focused, but has the name national because at the time of their founding, there were no other nationals and they were the first and they're the oldest organization. And they also have the most hilarious um, acronym for their name such that one of their walk teams proudly has as their walk team, Go Nats. Um, but that organization um, had a very strong founder and um, my local organization, Down Center of Louisville, was founded by uh, Mary Carter. Um, it's been led uh, f 
for the last 17, 18 years by a very strong female executive director, Diana Merzweiler. Uh, many other organizations are like this. The Down Syndrome Guild of Kansas City has the incredible Amy Allison, who has been a leader there for uh, years and has grown that organization and does amazing programs. And you just go around the, the country. Um, there's leaders that I know of that have sadly passed on, but um, were strong leaders in their organization. That's how long and how much they gave their passion for it. It was a lifetime commitment. Uh, and it's tra it's um, stayed the same in the sense of strong moms wanting to support each other in this modern era. Uh, one of the most robust groups that are out there, and probably some that uh, you all may have found this blog because of their posting to my materials, which is very gracious of them, is the Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network, which was a group of moms, uh, Jenny in Iowa, Jenny in Illinois, Heather in Minnesota, and then more came along who uh, got together and started Facebook groups where they were supporting one another. I'm also thinking of the moms that um, have monitored the bulletin board over at Baby Center. Uh, since I think the Down Syndrome Pregnancy uh, Board started, which is uh, Missy Scavlin out of Cincinnati and Nancy Iannone out of New Jersey. And I think that they've got a few other moms that help moderate them now, but Nancy and Missy were at the start. You know, my colleague at the National Center for Prenatal and Postnatal Resources, Stephanie Meredith, is a mom. She was one of those young moms in her 20s when her son Andy was born. Uh, Stephanie has gone on to write the materials that have been recommended by all professional organizations to be provided after a prenatal test result, the letter case book, which you can find at lettercase.org. Stephanie Thompson, uh, a mom uh, whose son ha happens to have Down syndrome, was a volunteer and then a part-time staff worker at the Down syndrome, organization of, Down syndrome Association of Greater Cincinnati. And then she started helping with um, the Down syndrome, the national down syndrome adoption network and and has taken that over and now leads that and it's you know uh, national down syndrome society was founded by a mom um, i don't know the founding history of national down syndrome congress but i know that there are several strong mothers that are on its board that have been its employees that have been its staffers and um, that you see at their conferences and, you know, every semester, the beginning of each semester, you'll see on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest, um, all these sites of moms talking about having to uh, put on their mama bear attitude because their child's going in for their IEP in the school. Um, this is not to say that dads don't have a role, and perhaps next month, given that it's Father's Day, I should probably do a thing on dads, and, uh, and maybe I will if you all will remind me. But... Um, why do we choose today to honor mothers? You know, why is it that this is the day that the most telephone calls are made to home? Uh, why is it that on Mother's Day you can't get a reservation in any um, restaurant for lunch and possibly even dinner? And whereas with dads, you know, on Father's Day, maybe you get some Old Spice and a tie. You know, Father's Day has, doesn't have the same import. It's because of the incredibly important role that mothers play in our lives. They literally bring us into life. They then nurture us and nourish us so that we may live. Um, mothers are who we look to when we're hurt. Mothers are who we go to uh, when we need comfort. Mothers are uh, when a man uh, does something incredibly strong and athletic 
Um, he may thank dad in a post uh, interview, but what do football players say when the camera's on them? Hi, mom, or love you, mom, and not just on Mother's Day. And it's because mothers play such a critical role in our lives, and certainly to, in the lives of those that happen to have Down syndrome. Um, my daughter would not be, as I said, um, all the sweetness and also so many skills that she has were it not for the regular work that um, her mother does with her, the care that she gives her and the nourishment and the love. And that is the case for uh, so many mothers and that is why on this Mother's Day I wanted to do this tribute to moms but also to talk about just your all's important role in the miracle of life the changing role that is happening because of moms choosing to give birth to children with Down syndrome with, through the advent of prenatal testing, and then the strong role that so many mothers play in supporting other moms that are going through this same journey with them by starting support groups or being active in support groups. So thank you to all the mothers out there. Happy Mother's Day.